Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Joe McCall with Alex Youngblood on the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. Alex, how are you? We are back for part two for, yes. uh, with uh, Cody here. I'm great. Looking forward to uh, a good call. Team systems, all those good things. Uh, I know in my business, if I didn't have certain people on my team, it'd be a lot more difficult for sure. So I'm interested to see what Cody's got here. It's impossible to do the kind of volume that we're talking about. You know, where you're doing four deals a week or even if you're just doing four or five deals a month, it's almost impossible to do that kind of volume without help. Without, But, you, you know, it's kind of a, a mental block to come over because um, I've still yet to hire like an assistant, uh, a full-time personal assistant. Right. Um, it's, it's just one of those things I haven't done yet and I know I probably need to. So I can tell you this. When I hired a local assistant, my productivity and income doubled. Wow. Yeah. Just because I... I was able to give her so many things that were I was doing that I was that was tying me up and, and wasting my time. And it was hard. It was very hard because I had virtual assistants. But when I got a local assistant, it was completely different. It was a, it was a game changer for me. And so I had to get an office. You know, I was paying $400 a month for this office. And I was only in there, you know, one day a week, if that, maybe two. She worked there and then started getting more busy and hired another assistant. But you don't necessarily have to have an office. I mean, you could do it uh, where everybody's virtual too. So true. Yeah. And but, that's, you know, that was one of the things that I was dealing with myself too, was, you know, do I have to have an office in order for this person to work or virtual is, is, you know, I was talking to um, Chris Chico the other day and he's like, uh, hire my mom.com might be a yeah. good site to find a virtual personal assistant. Yeah, we interviewed a guy, remember, once from San Diego who hired an assistant five, six years ago from HireMyMom.com. And she's from, I don't know if he intentionally did this or not, but he wanted somebody that answers the phones that has a sweet Southern accent, you know, sweet Southern charm. Oh, that's right. And yeah. uh, so she's great on the phone, and now she's ne actually negotiating deals for them. And people love talking to her because she's so nice and sweet on the phone. So... Um, We'll probably talk about this with Cody. I wanted I wanted to uh, ask you, Alex, first. Yeah. Um, are you drinking a cup of coffee from your fancy coffee maker right now? <laughs> you no. guys will not believe I'm, what Alex I'm has. It is so a cool. Cup of water from my fridge, and that the fridge is pretty cool too. You saw, right? Oh you have to admit gosh. that. But this coffee maker, it is amazing. It's like something you'd see. In, on you know in in San Francisco at some trillion dollar house, <laughs> so it's like if you want to check it out, it's uh, the brand is Amila. That's spelled M I E L E. Uh -huh. uh, it's a German brand. All you got to do, well, you won't be able to see the uh, pricing on it because you can only get it from like these deal the dealers <laughs> in the area. You have to have um, a membership private club. Well, no, it's it's one of those things where uh, Mila sets the price and nobody's able to discount it, you know, in high-end appliances. That's how it works. But this is uh, like in the cabinet 
t- coffee yeah, it's maker. built in. It's a built-in, plumbed-in coffee maker. Yep. It's amazing. And how many different kind of coffees can it make for you? Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Well, this is the regular coffee. There's the Lungo coffee. Lungo coffee means stretched. It's like an Italian coffee. <laughs> then you got the espresso. Then you have a cafe latte. Then you have a macchiato. Or you could just do a frothed milk or a hot milk. Um, and uh, if you want to do tea, it'll spit out some hot water for you, too. So. Well, how does it do the milk? Do you, does it like, you put a tube into your gallon yeah, of milk in the there's, fridge? There's a separate uh, glass container that uh, you fill up, and it attaches onto it, and then it, it takes the milk from there. So it does this all behind the cabinet. You just stick your cup no, in there. Well, well, no. The milk thing goes on the front of it, so... You, you know, that's not in back in the cabinet. That's a, oh. a, an external little glass attachment that you that you put onto it. I'll, I'll have to do a FaceTime and show you. I'm disappointed. I thought it would have like some tube that goes to your refrigerator where yeah, it sucks water out of your milk jug. That one didn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> it is so cool. It's I, I'm a little jealous and envious, but I'm happy with my Keurig. Uh, and I am drinking a cup of coffee right now. That's... That's really funny. I also wanted to tell another story real quick um, because I'm sure it has some kind of parallel to real estate investing, and I, I can't figure it out. Uh, sure. We have these we have these finches, these birds, and uh, they have babies like crazy. And one of them, just this morning, as I was sitting down reading, uh, fell out of the nest. Like their parents probably just pushed it and plop right there on the bottom of the bird cage, it landed. <laughs> Time to get out of the nest. Time to get out. And so it's been 18 days, we think. And I calculated that, like, if an average bird is two, is uh, lives for two years, let's say, 18 days is about the same as two years in adult, in human life, right? And I thought, isn't that cool? You know, like, you know, sometimes we just need to, like our parents when we were two years old, you know, they didn't push us out of the bed <laughs> and onto the floor and make us figure out how to walk. But, you know, like sometimes I just spent a lot of time this morning on a coaching call with a client, and it was awesome. I spent close to an hour and 45 minutes on the phone with him, and I hardly ever do that. Wow. This is a guy that is already consistently doing a bunch of deals. He just wants to take it to the next level. And I was sharing him with, with him a bunch of really cool ninja stuff that has worked well for me in the past that he's not doing yet um, in regards to marketing for really special lists and targeting buyers first, taking a finding the buyers first strategy who are people who are buying properties in other states and and building a a new branch of your company that can help them do turnkey deals in your own market. So it was really fun, but um I I just like the analogy and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, well, how can you if I wanted to use this as an analogy in real estate, how would I how would you do that? Like you know, the little bird getting pushed out of its nest. And it's been on the bottom of the cage all day. And the parents are coming down there, and they feed the bird. But, like, when you get pushed out of that nest, you're not going back in until you learn how to fly. Yeah, it's go time. Well, anyway, maybe um, maybe if any of you listening to this can think of a good analogy on how that relates to real estate investors. No, it just means you got to go. <laughs> I guess, yeah. And sometimes the mentor is the one that kicks you out of the nest and tells you to go. <laughs> right. Well, this coaching client, he's already been kicked out of the nest. I think maybe I'm, I'm kicking him out of the birdcage is what I'm doing. And I'm kicking him out of the birdcage, and he, now he's flying in the vast wilderness on his own. 
Wow. <laughs> Deep. Very good. All right, anyway, I just thought it was a f- cool story, and and uh, I thought I wanted to share it. But we have Cody on the line again for part two. Yeah, Cody Hoffine, right? Cody? Cody Hoffine, that's it. Nice. We had a great podcast with you last episode, and we talked about a lot of things, kind of what you're doing in your business and how you got started. Now, one of the things we were touching on last time was you have a team now, and you have, uh, you're doing more volume, and so you've had to create or install systems into your business, and you've had to build a team to help you implement these systems. What does your business look like today? Whew, that is a good question. So here's what it looks like today. Uh, as we're talking about some automation and some systems into place, the best thing you can start with before you even get to the team, I believe, is a good CRM. Mm-hmm. Where are we keeping track of these phone calls coming in? Because the two of you know, just as well as I do, 97% of the people at well, okay, let's go into the stats, I guess. A lot of people are telling you, hey, this is not for me, pound 10, removed from your list. But those that are like, hey, they're still a lead, 97% of those leads are not ready to do a deal right now. Maybe 3% if, if, if I'm going off of maybe stats that I have here in Utah. Yeah. So what am I doing with those 97% that are just not ready right now? They better go somewhere because they will turn into a deal down the road. And so a good CRM system, I think you offer some great systems there with Podio with your apps already pre-built. Uh, I use Podio myself. And so I think that's a, a great CRM. There are free CRMs out there. But the main thing is keeping track of these leads because he who can keep following up the most, bam, yeah. <laughs> there's the deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, everybody's seen those statistics where um, you know, 80% of the deals that are done in any sales organization happen after the seventh touch or something like that, right? Sure. And only a small percentage, like less than 10% of all salespeople even make more than two touches to a client. So obviously, if you're going to take this seriously and treat it as a business, your wholesaling business, you need to follow up. What does that look like for you, Cody? What, what kind of follow-up do you guys do? That's a good question. So there's a lot of them that uh, now I have automated email set up with Podio. And so you can do that where it goes and you can use a server, uh, I mean, a service like MailChimp where you already have prefabricated emails and you can have 12 of them if you wanted. And so that once a month, once you enter in the client and you push the button to turn on, once a month they get an email and it's just, hey, we spoke last month, just wanted to let you know. And it could be month two is, hey, 10 tips to get the most money out of your home. So they feel like they're getting something valuable versus just a, hey, are you ready to sell me your home? Hey, are you ready to sell me your home? Hey, so you can throw in some things like that and then they start to look at it and then hopefully when time is ready, they think of, man, Cody reached out to me 12 times. Let's call him and see what he can do. Good. Real good. So, so what other kind of follow-up? One. Yeah. Phone calls are obviously still huge. So... Sometimes it's, hey, call me in three months. I can guarantee you me and my team in three months are going to be calling you. We won't let that slip the crack. So we're really good at, at putting those on, the, on a 
reminder where we'll get an email or a text or both that, hey, today, and we usually have something in that CRM with the story behind it. So I talked to Stacy today. She told me to call in three months. She said that her husband uh, is recovering from knee surgery, whatever, some pertinent information. So that when we call back in three months, it's not just calling about the house, but hey, last time we talked, you talked about your husband and he was going through knee surgery and recovery. How's he doing? Is he recovering from that? Oh yeah. man, that's great to hear about this. And then kind of go into the house. But at least you have something to start off where it's that friendship base that we talked about last podcast. It's it's he who builds that friendship is going to win this deal. Very good. All right. So you call them. What other follow-up do you do? Uh, so again, a lot of text, a lot of text. And you can do that through Podio as well. Um, you can use, what is it that we used in the past? I want to say it was Oh, some tech service. I wish I knew this. This is why I have people in place now. I don't. I don't even know the names of some of these things that I use. Now, are they sending these texts? Are they sending these text messages one off, one at a time? You can, or if there's something that's very generic that would be good for everyone, you can do it through a texting service. That you can just do one text and blast it out to your whole entire pipeline, and that way it uh, is a it, to them. It's an individual text. It's not a big group text. Yeah. But that way you can only you only have to do it once. So both. And then yes, we do have I do have a guy that's uh that strictly just calls all day long for, for leads and part of his stuff is following up with, with live text and live phone calls and it's just him doing these texts. So I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes that personal touch makes it really nice when you can text something plus a story that we know that they don't feel like we're on a just an auto blast text that they know, oh yeah, he just talked about my husband with his knee recovery. So yeah, they, here's, they know it's a personal text. This is really important, and, and I've studied this for a long, long time. Um, I'm glad you didn't say the name of the company that you use, actually, because if you don't do it just right, you, you, you have the potential of kind of maybe getting in trouble because it's kind of a gray area whether you can send mass text messages out like that, right? And so it's important that you've got, that you do it, Right. And I'll say this as well, too. Um, I find it better when I'm sending text messages to have my VA send a personalized text message one at a time. And we can do that pretty easily inside of Podio through Globiflow. So inside of with, with Globiflow, you can set it up where there's a workflow. It'll send one-off text messages for you from inside of the comment box. You just do SMS colon, it sends a text. Now, it's not going to come from a local phone number, but this way then your VAs can make it personal. Hey, Jim, just calling about your house at 123 Main Street. Have you sold it yet? Something like that. Or is it still available? That just can get the conversation started again. And then you can see the history of the text exchange back and forth there inside of Podio. But if you didn't want to do that, you could also use CallRail or Vumber to send one-off texts. But whether you do it with bulk, whatever, or you do it one at a time, it's important that you send those one, uh, you send those texts to your old leads. And I'll leave it at that. No, I agree with you 100%. I think it's just like you said. Well, the other thing is it's just a way to create your next phone call face-to-face or yeah. voice-to-voice. That's really all this is. It's not to lock down the deal. It's just to create another awareness to hey let's let's talk on the phone good because your follow-up list will always be your best list absolutely good good so 
You do email, calling, and texting. Anything else? Um, yes. Do I want to mention Voice Blast, or do we not? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just talk about Sly Dial. We'll talk about Sly Dial. Sly Dial allows you to leave a one-off voicemail into somebody's voicemail. Um, and, again, it can be personal, and, again, you can have a VA do this. And this is what I have my VAs do. So they will once a month text sellers and will do a Sly Dial. Um, and maybe they'll alternate it, but it's just, hey, Jim, Colin, we talked a little while ago about your house at 123 Main Street. Just wondering if it was still available, if you've sold it yet. If you are interested in selling it, we're still interested in buying it, give me a call. The whole goal of that is to get them to make the, take the next step, which is make one more phone call back to you, right? Correct. And Sly Dial is free. You can do Sly Dial if you wanted to do that. Um, you can also look at Sly Broadcast is a service that does that on a mass scale. But again, just make sure you're reading the fine print and uh, make sure you're obeying all the laws. Okay. I love the precaution. Yes. <laughs> all right, so what you got to do is there's, there's one thing I'm still waiting to hear you say that you do. <sighs> one thing that I do besides all of this, well, they're always going to be on mailing again. Yes. They're going to get that in the future. Is that what you're asking? Yes, that's it. <laughs> okay. Good. So what yeah, do you send them? We and hit how that often? up a lot. Yeah. Every six weeks, I'd say six to eight weeks. I shouldn't say it's always six, but every six to eight weeks, they are going to get another mail piece from me. Excellent. Um, which means six, seven times a year, they're going to they're going to get me. Yeah. Through the mail. Cody, no wonder you're doing so many deals. How many, What percent of your deals would you say, just taking a guess or maybe even no, are coming from the follow up? Majority. Wow. <laughs> Majority. So here's the here's the numbers I guess I can kind of tell you. Of 75 phone calls, 50 of them are telling you to pound sand or take me off the list. I kindly do it. 25 of them are going in the hopper. Of those 25, one, two, possibly three are a deal right then. But we're going back to that 97% ratio. So one, two, or three might be a deal. The rest of the 24, 25, or 24, 23, or 22, they're going in a, in a follow-up system. So, yes, there's some that are closing up front, but the majority are not closing up front right. or on the spot. These are people that are all follow-up. So I have one that I'm working on with a realtor right now. This one has been a six-month deal. I might put it under contract today. Um, another one was probate deal. They wanted to go through their own route. They didn't want attorney's help. It took them six months. Six months later, we locked it up. We closed on it. Um, so, yes, a majority of our deals are follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. So that's why I say if there's not a good CRM, a good tracking system yeah. in place, yeah. you're missing out on 97% of the market. So good. So good. Now, the 25 that are in the hopper, do you send them offers in the mail? Um, good question. If they're cold, but they haven't told me to remove them from the list, yes. If there's a potential of a deal, but it's just not the time, no. Okay. Does that make sense? Because sure. here's the thing. I, I, wanna, I want them to meet Cody Hoffine. I don't want them to meet a piece of paper with an offer, and then they use my offer to go against the mm -hmm. other investors. Sure. I want them to meet Cody Hoffine, so they say, I don't care what his offer is. I just really like Cody, and I want to do business with Cody. Good, good. Okay. I like that philosophy, especially if you're going to be the one meeting them. 
Yes, yes, and that's true for the case for that and a business partner and acquisition manager. Excellent. Could you um, have you thought about maybe even still sending them a letter? Just doesn't have to have an offer on it either. It's just, hey, it was great talking to you today. These are some of the things that we can do if your circumstances change or whatever. Give me a call. Have you thought about yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I, I I have not done that. The one thing I do with every one of my phone calls is when I hang up within the next oh two to five minutes, I'll text them and I'll just say, hey, this is Cody Hoffine. Here's my direct line so you have it personally. I just wanted to thank you for your time. I appreciate everything that you went over with me. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Yes, yeah, so I do that in a text every single time. I just love texting more than anything when it comes yeah. to once you establish a relationship because everyone carries a phone and not everyone looks at their email. Not everyone um, likes mail or anything like that, but I'll tell you, everyone has a phone in their hand. And they love that. So, Cody, it's, it's all about the relationship um, that you're building with these people, um, all, you know, all the way through. And I find, you know, like you said, it, it can be difficult when you go out there and you're in a situation where you're giving them a number, right? And then now they have that number. If you don't close them, they've got that number that they can compare you against to, to the, to the rest of the Rolodex of people. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's always that's always the battle there. Um, how, when you come down to your closing situation, I, I mean, to me, from what it sounds like, the way you're working things is, uh, you know, you've built such a good relationship with these people that you're not necessarily needing to do a lot of uh, negotiation. Or are you are you closing a lot on your first go round, or are you um, are people coming back to you after they've seen every other uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry? <laughs> I, I think that's I think there's to answer that honestly, I think there's there's both into that. I know that's a way to dodge the bullet, but there's people that yes, you're gonna lock down on the spot. Or there might be people that because you built that relationship and even though they're gonna talk to four or five others, they're calling you back because they want to give you an offer, or I'm following up and they might have already I'll, I'll, I usually say, Hey, when's the last appointment coming if that's the case? Okay, I'll call you at this time and <laughs> shot at it. So it's, again, follow-up, 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 and then I kind of talk to them in a way to build a relationship of that trust again that, hey, before you sign anything with John that's coming at 4 o'clock, can I give you a call at 5 o'clock and just touch base again? That yeah, works. That's, that's so does good. reading personalities. I, I, I love reading personalities. If someone says, you know what, I've got four people that are lining up appointment. I, in fact, here's two scenarios. Three months ago, a guy says, I am so sick of this house. I hate this house. It was my brother's house. He passed away. I'm the executor. It was a mess trying to get this done through probate. I've got three people, uh, cards. You're one of them. And so what did I do with that personality? Lock up the appointment right now. One was going the next day. The other one was two days later. I said, hey, can you meet me there tonight? I locked it up that night because he was sick of the house. But then you got the conservative person that says, you know what, I just want to make sure uh, that I'm doing what's best. And so I have three appointments well, with that person. I'm going to be the last appointment by design. And so I'll usually on the phone just establish that relationship again saying, okay, perfect. Now I know you're going to get three uh, people there. I'm going to come Thursday. I'm obviously going to be the last one. 
can you at least give me the chance to be there by Thursday to uh, look at it? Oh, absolutely. And just build that relationship. And then usually I can go in there and then really build the relationship. And then they usually just tell me right there in the appointment, listen, the best offer I got so far is 250 Okay. So are you saying if I just match that, we can do business? Yeah. Or, well, if you just did a little bit higher, okay, 251 And that's kind of how I play that one if there's multiple people or competition. That's good. So obviously you've got to have the systems in place to do a lot of follow-up. Absolutely. You know what that's called? That's called sniping somebody. Sniping. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's so important. And guess what, guys? If you think you're in a competitive market, maybe you are. If if you think you're in a competitive market and maybe you are, but guess what? Your competition is not doing this. Or maybe your competition is, but it's like a small percentage of the people that are out there actually doing deals. Cody's a smart guy, all right? But, I mean, he's not that smart. He's just doing what – I don't mean that as – that sounded bad. But I mean, like, you <laughs> just, Cody, you're just doing what – you're just doing the simple, basic things that everybody should be doing but is not. Am I right? I agree. It's Darren Hardy at best, the compound effect. It's yeah. doing the simple things. It's so it's it's simple, but it's just as simple not to do. Yeah. Very well said. I like it. All right, so you've got the system and Podio is probably one of it's probably the main system that you use, right? It is the only system I use. And then you got like you said, all the flows going from Globy Flows, Zapier, all that stuff, but yeah, it's Podio I work out of. That, I think that is hands down, in my mind, uh, the most real estate investor-friendly CRM. Let me ask you, too, about the all the external workflows that you have and the kind of the third-party things that you have that kind of communicate and integrate with Podio. I don't okay. know how deep you are into those technical things. Um, so I've, surface level, but I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. But th- they are working for you. Is that right? They are working for me, yes. Okay. That's important because so many people get completely buried and overwhelmed with all of that third-party stuff that they're trying to get Podio to do and detracts them from what really is making them money, which is talking to sellers and making offers and following up. And Tom, Tom Kroll and I have talked about this a lot. Too many people are just sitting behind their computer in their database trying to fix it and make it work and update it and have it do all this quote, quote, "Quote unquote automation," that they're 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 wasting time and they're losing money. Um, do you see that? And were you having that problem at the beginning when you're first getting started? You know, we start. I started with such a simple, simple. It's called High Rise HQ. Right. It's a very, 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 very basic CRM. It doesn't allow you to think. It doesn't allow you to have to sit there and think, how's this working? How's this not working? It's so simple. You enter a name and that's pretty much all this CRM can do for you. Podio, by that time, when I got to Podio, the switch was, I'm not going to set this up. I want Podio, but I don't want to mess with it. I don't care to understand it. I just want to be able to make everything a lot easier. So I actually hired someone out to do that. And that's where it comes into hire out what you don't know. Okay. Because you should not be touching – an entrepreneur should not be touching the paperwork, the this, the that. I mean they should be working on their business and should not be – so many people want to wear all the hats and they have – I think the, the best word here is delegation. Yeah. So many people are so afraid to delegate. But there are 
thousands of people out there that will do the jobs you hate. Just because you hate it doesn't mean everyone hates these jobs. People love to do some of these things that you absolutely hate and dread and do it better. (laughs) Now, do you have somebody on your team that kind of does dig into Podio and, and, and can fix things and works in it? Yes. Yeah. So I have someone on the team that literally knows inside and out everything Podio. Good. So she, she literally does everything for me. I don't ask her how she does it. She just does it. I tell her, here's what I want it to do, and she creates it. Good, good. And that's the beautiful thing about Podio, too. It's easy to learn. She doesn't have to have a computer science degree, probably, to Correct. figure that out. Correct. Well, she, w- she used to work for Podio. That's the beautiful thing. Is- oh, really? I, uh, this is, this is like the beautiful of all beautiful. I mean, I, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, does she Anything live there? In Salt Lake? Does she live in Salt Lake city? She does not. So she's more of a, okay. Like a virtual assistant. She, uh, she does everything from out of state for me. All right. All right. Well, that's awesome. This is the advice I give to a lot of people when they're getting into Podio and they don't have somebody who used to work for Podio on their team. Uh, just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. And sometimes I tell people, the best automation you can get is a good VA. And sometimes when you've got all these third-party workflows going in and out and you've got information going in this spot and then to that and then that, sometimes your, um, your, what do you call it? Your chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And you could have one of these integrations break and not even know it. And it could be broken for months before you even figure it out and say, oh, wait, this stuff is not going over here where it's supposed to be going. And that's why I get frustrated sometimes when I see students, clients that are trying real hard, but they're just getting buried into Podio to get it all to do this stuff. When they just need to hire a VA and have some simple procedures written out where when, you know, when a new lead comes in, just a simple task is created to call that lead. Uh, when you click the follow, add to follow up, you know, it creates a series of tasks inside of Podio to do the follow-up, and it's assigned to a VA, and the VA gets that stuff done. My team understands, and I've been there, done that. I, I, I was known as Podio Joe. I've set up a ton of this stuff, and I, too, was at a point where I was spending way too much time in Podio trying to get it to work and getting frustrated when one of these integrations stopped working, and then my students were getting frustrated as well. And so I took a step back and I said, all right, we need to just simplify this. You don't have to have all of these other third-party integrations in there working on it. We don't even use Globiflow anymore, really. We keep all of our workflows internal into Podio, and my team knows every lead that comes in always has to have an open task associated with it, with a due date and a person responsible for it. Every single lead that comes in, unless it's completely dead, And that just makes everything so much simpler. And then when you're using something like Voxer and you're talking to a seller on the phone, you just shoot a Voxer to your assistant who updates Podio with the lead, does the follow-up, you know, adds them to the, adds their email to MailChimp or whatever, however you do the follow-up and sends the offer and puts the appointment on your calendar. But you've got a VA or somebody that you can send a voice memo to that runs and manages Podio for you. And you then you manage your team by open tasks. And you can see the tasks that are due today, the tasks that are overdue, and who's responsible for them. And that's how you can manage your team. So, right, so that's, my little, that's my little soapbox when it comes to Podio. It's super important, I think, for people to figure out. If you can't hire somebody on your team that is specializing in Podio and you're, you're trying to do it yourself, 
got to take a step back and simplify it. Hey, Joe, you know, that goes back to trying to, um, you can get caught up in the details and, and setting things up and trying to do all these things because it's easier sometimes yeah. necessarily doing the things that make you money. <laughs> yeah. You know, you feel like you're doing something, but it's, but it's, it, it's dangerous because you're not, you're, you're not doing any money producing activities. You're just doing all this stuff behind the scenes. And just like somebody who's trying to figure out if their postcards got the right verbiage and the right font and the right colors and all this stuff. And you spend time doing all this, but meanwhile, you haven't sent out any mail, you know, you got to be yeah. careful. Oh yeah. Totally true. Cody, um, are there any other systems or tools that you use? How do you communicate with your team? That, so here's the one thing I do. Now, we're in communication every single day, but we do an actual team meeting once a week. Every Monday, we meet in the office. We do a team meeting. We go over, and some of these words are going to sound familiar. You'll know who taught me this stuff, but we'll go over scorecards. We'll go yeah, over everything. So we go over it's basically a meeting of accountability. What did you do? Did you accomplish your goal of what you were supposed to do last week? And if so, here's a spiff for you to draw out of. If not, let's let's make a correction right now and let's figure out what it is that went wrong and we try to correct these instantly. So we that that meeting is, is even though we talk during the day every single day, that meeting is hands down the most important meeting of the week because it's it's an accountability meeting it really is in all in all reality that's good and you put it on a big projector everybody can see it yes well i'm not quite as big as the the guy that teaches that <laughs> system projector i don't have an 80 inch lcd or we're plasma talking about, i think he calls it <laughs> yeah plasma we're talking about sean terry yes we are so uh mine is actually just uh just we're in the same room computer screen boom flipped around plasma and we go to town when did they stop they stopped making plasmas a long time ago actually i think you can still get them believe it or not really? i think my old man just got one sean terry still calls it yahoo yeah <laughs> yahoo he's talking about going to yahoo and doing a search <laughs> anyway um alex you're not laughing you want me to laugh? He's, ha, he's, ha, ha. Oh, he's, he's drinking his Kopaluak <laughs> coffee. Yeah. <laughs> did you see Bucket List? No. Oh, no. Oh, I mind. did. Lo yeah, long not time even ago. a funny joke anymore. Kopaluak oh. was the coffee bean that was defecated by a little cat. That <laughs> These coffee cherries <laughs> that were eaten by the cat and then defecated, and he made them. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw okay. that movie once. It was just very depressing. Yeah, digressed. Sorry, back to right, back to focus, right. Alex. So good, you have a scorecard, and you hold your team accountable to the scorecard. What are some of the things on your scorecard? Let me pull those up, just so we have them. And maybe talk about who's on your team. Who, who, Perfect what sense. Do you, what do you have right now on your team? The first hire and the very first hire is what I tell everyone, and I, I truly still believe this, is a virtual assistant. And by that, I, I use one from the Philippines. She speaks perfect English. Her resume started out at eight bucks an hour, and believe me when I say these things, these things are negotiable. So she actually does it for four bucks an hour, but then I give her a fifty dollars spiff for nice. every deal that closes. Nice. So she loves her job. She loves working with me. She's uh, she's so valuable. But 
why do some of this stuff when you can find someone that loves to do this stuff for four bucks an hour and does it 10 times better than I do? Yeah. So you've got a VA. Uh huh. That would be the first hire. And again, you can look and find something at four bucks. Don't get scared if they send over resume hire. You can negotiate. Just start talking. Okay, what if we did this an hour, but I give you a spiff for every deal that closes? And the uh, majority of them say, absolutely, let's do it. Okay, so from there, um, it depends on what you think is most important. If, if you're going to be the closer because that's your strong suit, that was, that was me, then what you'd want next is the disposition manager. The one that after you close it, you take that contract to your disposition manager and he is the one selling it, doing the showing. Um, he's the one doing the sending over the title to make sure all the title works being pulled on it. He's the one that figures out what date it's going to close. Okay. The buyer still needs this. Okay. He's the one that's going to go out and make sure the buyer gets this signed off or, Hey, we need the, uh, authorization form filled out so that payoff can be done. Whatever it is, disposition manager does all of it so that once the contract's in his hand, he's the one to finalize it and get it all the way to closing. Okay, good. Um, if that's not your strong suit and disposition manager is actually the, it was my strong suit, let's say, then I'd hire an acquisition manager that would go out on the appointments and lock up the deals. Okay. Let me, uh, and we have all of these, by the way. Um, do you have a other, local assistant? I do. I have a local assistant. So local assistant, depending on what you want from there, you can get a great, great, great local assistant. There's plenty. I think it's not just Utah, but Utah has a plethora of this status is stay at home moms. So stay at home moms make a fantastic assistant yeah. because you can work from home. They can do it well. You can find one for a great price that does a lot of great things for you, but at a very, very, very reasonable monthly price. So, and then you can also include like spiffs. Hey, anything you come across that you're calling on, instead of Craigslist and Utah, it's KSL. If you come across this or you meet realtors that are finding good deals, we'll pay you a spiff on it. And it could be a thousand dollar pop or whatever it may be. So there's incentive there where my assistant has actually brought in deals that I am just floored. She'll bring in a deal and we close it and she'll get a thousand dollar spiff. So now she wants to do it even more and more and more because these spiffs end up paying her more than her monthly salary. <laughs> wow. So that's in. Yes. Yeah, so to the answer, local assistant. Yes. And I think it's a, a must. I, I absolutely love having Jordan on the team. Now, Who's answering your phones? Where do your voicemails, I mean, your seller calls go? We talked about this, and it's it's actually changed since me and you talked. So this used to go to voicemail, and that's it. Everything went to a voicemail, coming to Podio. So it'd go to CallRail. CallRail has its flow going to Podio, and then we just listen to it, call back within 20 minutes or less, and go to town. Since me and you talked, though, I actually am testing right now live answer. Oh, good. So live answer is working just fine. Uh, the difference is, is I, I, I said, like, I may have sound like I'm so good at delegation. I myself, there's some things that I'm like, man, I really love getting back with the seller. So I'm still testing that because my the, the voicemail is usually me and a business partner listening to the voicemails, calling back, going to town. 
and and locking up appointments. So now, since it's a live call, I don't have time to do the live calls because there's so much going on. So right now, it's it's just training to perfect that system so that the guy that's answering the phone for my team is doing it the way I would do it. So that's what I'm really hands-on and has been very hands-on for the last two weeks now is just honing in and, and perfecting this one very quick so that he can do it just as good as I feel as I do it. I know it sounds maybe arrogant. I don't mean it that way. But anyways, it's uh, that's what we're working on right now. Sure. It's the whole theory. I, if we're going to listen to a voicemail that tells to pound sand, I'd rather just know right now when I answer the phone, pound sand. What if and you just are hot? You're booking right now. What if you just had an assistant take those calls and ask them four or five simple questions? That's a very good. That's a very good point. I mean, that's we have a simple script. We we don't have him go deep at all. It's really just figuring out motivation. If there's motivation there, he actually just transfers it out to me or Mark. Good. So, so that's kind of the same system we're doing actually as we speak right now but that was because of literally talking to you on the phone joe well that's good to hear i'm surprised you didn't learn that from tom my good old buddy tom kroll what's funny is i had a conversation with him after me and your conversation and he's actually switching to it too <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm telling you it's just it's you're you, th- you people are worried that well having somebody answer the phone live is going to cost me a lot of money and i would argue it costs you more money not to have somebody answer the phones live because the time that you spend chasing somebody, playing phone tag, only to find out after five attempts that they don't even have a house to sell, or the time that you waste trying to contact a seller playing phone tag to find out that they've already contacted another competitor and you just lost that deal, you can't afford not to have somebody answer the phones. Even if it's just an assistant that asks them some simple questions, um, I've, I've done, I've never done this, but I have, um, there's a local home investors franchise here in uh, St. Louis that does this a lot. And I think a lot of home investors do this. They always have somebody answer the phones. And if they make, um, if they answer the questions a certain number, a certain way, they'll go ahead and schedule an appointment while the seller's there on the phone with that seller. They'll schedule an appointment for somebody to go look at the house. They'll schedule the appointment right then and there. Then that way, you know, the appointment scheduled, ideally, a lot of times the seller is, all right, that's done, check, and they won't call anybody else, okay? That's the whole point of it. Well, the, the guy who goes and meets the sellers in the houses, he'll look at all of the appointments that he has the next day or that day, and he'll look at the details, and that guy can, if he doesn't want to, if it doesn't, you know, just from based on those questions or based on the area, he may go ahead and call the seller first before going on the appointment to clarify things, to make sure that this really might be a deal. Um, and if it's not, he'll just cancel the appointment or move it around. But I think that's, that's something that um, if I was doing a bunch of wholesaling in-house and I had my own company doing a bunch of wholesaling and I had a team, uh, that's what I would be doing. I would having my person taking the calls making appointments. In fact, you could just have her make appointments for every single seller that calls that has a house they want to sell. doesn't mean you have to go on the appointment. You're... Hey, uh, Joe. Yeah. So, so the issue I have at live answering is, okay, so let's say you send out 20,000 postcards in one shot and you're getting calls coming in, multiple calls within the minute. It's impossible to do. 
So the the only way to do that is, I guess, to spread out your uh, your mailer over the course of the month. But um, if you know, if you just send everything out in one shot, uh, you can't live answer everything. So yeah, spread it out. If you're doing twenty thousand, that's the only month, way to do it. Well, print the letters and have them mailed to your office, right? And if you take no, 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 no. I, I mean, but you hear can me out. Divide it. Yeah, hear me, hear me out though. So have all the postcards, twenty thousand of them, sent to your office. And every weekday, you take 800 of them, and you put them in the mailbox. Your assistant or somebody takes every day and just puts in 800 in the, in the post office box and gets those mailed. That's going to spread your calls out over the day. And, yeah, you're not going to get every call live, but if it goes to voicemail, your assistant, as soon as she hangs up, she's calling the next one. Yeah, but what about, like, if you're doing a click-to-mail, you can't do it that way. That way you have to just order separate mailers, I guess, to do it Well, that if way. you're sending that much mail, you shouldn't be using click-to-mail. Because that's too expensive. Well, we have a mailing house as well, right. but, you know. Well, I just... Yeah, mine's all outsourced as well, my, my postcards. But I do break them up. I break up thirty five to 40000 a month weekly. Yeah. So you might have to get two assistants that answer the phones. That's not far off from the guy with the 80-inch plasma. Yeah, I think he does, actually. It's two in-house secretaries and they have their own scorecard too don't they absolutely so everybody and on your team has the acquisition a scorecard. managers do about was it 10 to 15 appointments each a week nice so good good i know we're talking maybe more high level advanced stuff than maybe some people are kind of used to you're just maybe listening to this thinking holy smokes i just want to do my first deal yeah. Or I just want to do... send out 40,000 mailers. Well, we, we, we get everybody on every side of it. You know, we, we help do. the beginner, we help the advanced, the intermediate, stuck in the middle, everybody. Right. Um, uh, Cody, we were talking about the scorecard and you were going to pull it up. What are some of the things yep. you put on your scorecard? Okay, so that is like I have the, the assistant that's here, local assistant. She's over all of my marketing. So she's the one that's getting in contact with our mail house that does the, the weekly mailings. She's the one that approves the, the mailers. And so she's putting down every week, okay, this is the actual uh, mail piece that's going out, and here's the list that it's going to, and here's how many of, of them are going out. So she'll keep track of all that. Um, on top of that, there's some other – target niche stuff that's over and above just list that is just local stuff that she'll have to do hands-on herself so there's a list like uh garage sales to say one for coming up for springtime you can go on craig's list here it's a different list but you can go on craig's list and pull up all the people doing local yard sales have them do I, whatever your goal is on that scorecard have them do 50 uh, postcards a, a week to these people doing yard sales um, but we'll just, we'll track mailings going out. So there's always action, action, action going out so that we have potential of closing. Um, the other one is how many appointments booked, how many offers made. Um, we do put how many contracts for each week, how many listings referred out. So that's another one is you can spoon feed realtors all day long listings. And so we look at that as another source of income. So those are those are of value. Uh, Self-generated leads, whether that's contacting realtors, whether that's calling people on Craigslist, uh, FISBOs, uh, expired listings, whatever it may be that you were tracking self-generated leads. 
So besides that, it's just we have other people that do that are contracted in that do no oh, bandit signs, door hangers, you name it. We, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. How many relationships created? How many deals closed? How many appointments set? Um, how many people are added to a VIP list of realtors to do work with? All of this all tracked in our scorecard. And each of them has a one member in the team applied to that task, if that makes sense. Nice. And this is a this is a flexible document. You change it and modify it sure, as you need to sure, sure, sure. as you go. And the goals change because it might be they come yeah. back and say, man, that was easy to make the 100 phone calls. Okay, we'll do 150 this week. Yeah. And you provide incentives and bonuses. That's the best part, and I, I, I hope everyone catches that. Everyone looks at, oh, there's a cost to putting – We'll put, I think there's 20 cards in a bowl, and I think 15 of them are 25 bucks. I think three of them are 50 bucks, and two of them are $100. And multiple times, the $100 has been picked, and multiple times, the $50 has been picked. And a lot of people think of that as cost, but if you're getting that much action from your team that they are accomplishing their goals week after week after week, yeah, that 50 bucks, that 100 bucks, I don't care if it turns into $1,000, is going to make you so much more money and it drives them. They drive over this $25 gift card and it's 25 bucks to us. But to them, it's like, man, this is fun. Yeah. That's cool. Really cool. So how many people do you have on your team? There are, let's see, one, including myself. So one, two, three, four, five, five of us. So that's been in a year's time. And how many local? Local is four, okay, and then you, just one VA. Did you include the the podio assistant person? Oh no, I did not. So six. So is she full time for you? She is not full time. She is on the spot whenever she needs me, though. But she jumps on our stuff. Awesome. So no, she she does contract work for other people as well. Okay. Um. Yes. Good. Good. I hesitate to give her information because she's so so dang good that everyone will start using her. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. We can talk off air, Joe. No, <laughs> I get yeah, it. Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. Well, cool. Alex, do you have any other questions for Cody? No, no. Sounds good. I think uh, I, I, simple pay is one thing you got to get into at some point, and maybe that's what you look at of how much do you learn to pay these people? And that's kind of a, I think you kind of have to learn by trial and error, but yeah. Pay structure. Yeah. A lot of these people you're paying a commission or you're paying little base salaries plus bonuses. That's exactly it. I do a base salary with bonuses. And, uh, so a guy that calls base salary talking. So my assistant is just $1,500 a month. And then she gets spiffs on deals that she brings to us. And so she can make anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars spiff plus the weekly bonuses. If they hit their goals. Um, I have a guy that just calls. I know this is maybe, yeah, you've heard of it. So there's a training out there for, for agents that you can try and call them and connect with them because the majority of the market or deals are going on the MLS so if you can try and get pocket listings and things like that, I have a guy that just calls realtors and just establishes relationships, and that's his that's his job. He's eighteen hundred dollars a month, and then he gets ten percent of whatever that profit is from the deals that close from that. I have yet to have money come out of my pocket for either of these positions. By the way, 
they have made their money every single month where I'm making money. Does that make sense? It's yeah. not coming out of my piggy bank to pay these guys. They're paying for themselves. Really good. Well, that's the way it should be. Correct. I mean, they should be making you three times the amount you pay them, right? Correct. One interesting thing that I've learned, and I thought this would be of value to share, there was a study for an insurance company, and the only reason I say this is I'm in insurance, and I know this pretty well, but it's uh, Cal- uh, there was a company that had a place in California and Texas, and they're completely different markets. California market was smoking hot. Texas was just like, man, you had to really just grind to make your, to make your salary or to make your income to salespeople. In California, so what they did is they took the best from California. He was making like 80 grand a year. He's like, he's going to go to, we're going to put him in the Texas market and he's going to train these Texas people. So they start increasing their sales and getting better. And then they took the best from Texas that was making like 50 grand or 60 grand. They put him at California and thought, guess what? This guy's going to make like 180 grand because he was pounding doors to make that 50 grand in Texas that he's just going to blow up California. Here was the mindset after it. It was completely opposite from the study is they found out the guy that went from California and went to Texas still made 80 grand. The guy at Texas that made 50 grand went to California still made 50 grand, meaning you don't want to overcompensate your team. You don't want to give them a 20% commission or a 30% commission because they're closing so much because a lot of times these people, they're not the entrepreneur that's if they were entrepreneurs, they'd be starting their own business and making more money. They have a mindset of what they're worth. They tell themselves, I'm worth 50 grand. So they only work as hard as it takes to make 50 grand, whether it's California or Texas. The other guy made 80 grand. Well, he worked as hard as he could and he did beat the guy that was prior in Texas. But guess what? He capped at 80 grand. And so my point is you don't want to over incentivize your team either. Because if you give them a 20% commission, you're actually losing production because they're going to hit their 50 grand faster than had you kept them on the 10% commission, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Yes, it does. Is, is that, uh, I hope that wasn't of garbage, but I, you know what I mean? I guess that's the thing. There's a, there's a, there's, there's wisdom in how you hire and how you pay. You yeah. don't want to overpay because you can actually get less production for it. Where a lot of times we think, let's incentivize them to get more production. And it usually is quite the opposite. What? Are you up there? Hold on a second, guys. I'm sorry, my, my daughter's here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. I got to go. And I think it's a good time to wrap up this podcast anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, great content. Great info. Really good, Cody. Again, you guys are doing a workshop in um with tom and i'm pulling up my notes from our last podcast wholesalinginc.com slash seven figure wholesaling is that right correct good wholesalinginc.com slash seven the number seven figure f-i-g-u-r wholesaling w-h-o-l-e-s-a-l-i-n-g is that correct correct We'll be teaching these same systems and yeah. everything on steroids to help everyone build their wholesaling machines up to seven-figure incomes. The cool thing about this is that you guys are going to get Tom and Cody's process manual, basically. 
the procedures that they use to hire their teams and all the steps they go through with that. So that's really good. Cody, if they want to get more information, the contact you, Cody Cash Offer at gmail.com. Is that right? Cody Cash Offer at gmail.com? Correct. They're more than welcome to reach out to me on Facebook at Cody Hoffine. Be glad awesome. to message that way as well. Okay. Thanks a lot, Cody. Thanks, Alex. Good show. Thank, Thank you, you guys. folks. All See right. Ya.